then I came home and I had a better approach to getting her on board with five. You made me write down my values. I actually made her write a list. I said, write down the things you value. And I said, make a list of the top 10 things you value and I'll do the same. Mm -hmm. Things that make you happy. And, you know, it was spending time together. It was travel. It was, you know, going to the park, going to the beach. Nowhere on there was a new purse. Nowhere on there was a new car. Nowhere on there was a 3,000 square foot house. Welcome to The Fi Show, where you get a behind-the-scenes look into financial independence. Here's your host, Cody and Justin. Hey, what's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of The Fi Show. So today, we have a special bonus episode. Happy December. This is the holiday of giving, and we want to gift you with an extra episode. And who we have on the podcast today is Jimmy and Jenny from Living Life Loving Us. And I was fortunate enough to meet these two at FinCon, and they were just such an amazing couple, living such an intentional life, and just focusing on daily happiness. And I know Justin's bumming out that he didn't get to record with them, and I got to see all the fun. Yeah, man, this is another one of those episodes you snuck in on me down at FinCon. And the real reason I'm bummed about this is because this story is just so unique. I mean, these are two professions we don't often see in the financial space. A lot of times we see engineers or these certain type jobs, but this is, you know, a nurse and a firefighter, which is a very unique one, but they fit so well into the financial independence storyline because of the way their jobs give so much flex to their schedule. Yeah, it's truly incredible. I mean, Jenny's working seven months out of the year, taking five months off. And Jimmy works two 24-hour shifts a week, which does sound like quite a lot of work, but he has five days off. Yeah, and I mean, you know, her job is very lucrative, and his comes with a pension. But I don't think we need to give away their whole story. How about we roll it over to them, Cody? Yeah, so, well, first of all, it's been great meeting you. Um, hanging out with these young guys uh, last night was kind of my downfall. <laughs> but to jump into our money story, I have always been a maximize my time kind of guy. So when we met, my wife's an ER nurse, Jenny's an ER nurse, and I'm a, a firefighter and paramedic. When we met, she was working crazy hours in the ER. She would start at 7 a.m., get off at 3 a.m., and start again at 7 a.m. Sleep in my car. Sleep yeah, in her car, doing this like six days a week. And I was hardly ever working, living on like, you know, $8,000 a year. I saw his IRS statement. That's yeah. So yeah. she thought I was a lunatic, but... You know, I brought her back down to like a normal full-time nurse, you know, convinced her anyway that that was a good idea. And I did that basically by saying, you know, if we had this more time, we can travel. If we just, you know, cut our money here, we can spend it on the things that actually are fun and that we enjoy. And that brings us value. Yeah. So then that snowballed into eventually we needed more money, but I didn't have more time. And I conquered a fear and left the job that I had started with. And did a little travel nursing, which is only 52 miles away from home, and their minimum was 50. So I now work seven months out of the year, three days a week, and the rest of the year I can choose to spend working if I want to, doing a PRN job, or we could just travel, spend time with our family. Yeah, I would say we found the the community, the FI community. We had no debt really at the beginning of our marriage. Um, We had some debt from infertility treatments, and we ended up with about $100,000 in debt. I came home and I said, we're going to pay all this off. We're going to do this in, you know, two years. We ended up doing it in less than one year by going back to that 
overtime lifestyle for just a brief period of time. Now that all that debt is gone and we found the Phi lifestyle, now we really focus on maximizing our time. And so how did you get introduced to the Phi community? Because one doesn't just stumble into saving 70% of their income. Yeah, I kind of just went down the rabbit hole. Once we got into that debt, I was, I'd never been in debt. So I had to figure out, all right, what do I need to do to get out of this debt? I get online, you know, I find Dave Ramsey and start listening to that. I'm like, okay, well, we'll pay off this debt. You get that done pretty quickly if you get intense. And then what's next? I find Choose FI and I find all these blogs and, you know, and I'm like, oh, this is, we could easily do this. Why, why are we not doing this? Why haven't we done this all along? And so just start listening to the podcast, reading the blogs, and we were on board. Well, he was on board at first. I eventually got on board. So we finally paid off our debt. I thought we were done, kind of, because in my mind, we made decent money and we didn't save a ton, but we were we were good. Um, and then he came home and kind of showed me the numbers of if we cut a little bit here and put a little bit more into investing, then basically we can live whatever life you want to live. Mm-hmm just by having a plan, basically. Yeah, so I mean, that's a problem that a lot of couples I see face. Like there's one person that's super into fight and the other person wants nothing to do with it. So I'd love, Jimmy, if you could talk about your approach to getting Jenny on board, because maybe it wasn't the spreadsheet stuff. I tried that with my girlfriend, didn't work at all. I'd show her like, oh, look at the spreadsheet. Like if we save this percentage of our income, we can retire in eight years. And she wasn't having any of that. I had to kind of spin it to stuff that she was interested in, like world travel and things like that. So I'd love to hear your approach. Yeah, so the way I approached it in the beginning was awful. I <laughs> I mean, we had the debt. I came home. I said, hey, we're going to pay off this debt. We're going to sell some stuff. We're going to sell our house. We're going to sell my truck, <laughs> and, which we did. But she looked at me like I was a lunatic. And she's like, well, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> and then she molded over. And, and I still didn't do a very good job approach on that. She just got on board because she's awesome. And we paid off all that debt. Then I came home and I had a better approach to getting her on board with five. You made me write down my values. I actually made her write a list. I said, write down the things you value. And I said, make a list of the top 10 things you value and I'll do the same. Mm -hmm. Things that make you happy. And you know, it was spending time together. It was travel. It was, you know, going to the park, going to the beach. Nowhere on there was a new purse. Nowhere on there was a new car. Nowhere on there was a 3000 square foot house. (laughs) And I said, well, these are the 10 things you, that make you happy. Why don't we focus on these things? and put all our money toward that. And that's when she had, I think, a light bulb moment. It was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that was my light bulb for budgeting. My light bulb for the FI was not until the day that I paid off our car. Mm-hmm. Because in my mind, I'm like, you'll always have a car payment, just like everyone thinks. And then he's like, no, we're going to, and I owed a lot on this car. It's like 20 grand. And we saved it up, and I called in, and I gave them my payment, and I got off the phone, and I'm like, holy crap, I own this car. Like, this is awesome. I am never going to pay for a car like that again. So from then on, then I started like cutting little things in our budget, but not changing our lifestyle. So like I get us the same groceries, but spend less and just little tricks, like nothing big, just something simple. And each month I try to get us lower and throw more money at our travel or throw more money at your investment. I call it your fun fund, but really it's our, (laughs) it's our retirement fund. So yeah, he had had a good way of spinning it so that he could uh, show me that what I value is not actually financial. Okay. And so getting into financial nerd perspective, because people listening to this are mostly financial nerds. I'd love if you could talk from the beginning of your journey, like when you really didn't know what you're doing to now, like savings rate, income, like how has that all changed with the things that you've learned? So savings rate, we never calculated in the beginning. All I know is we had a negative net worth. (laughs) I hadn't even calculated that. Yeah. And I just knew we were going to pay off all our debt by 
using all the extra income we could. And we still did a little bit of travel and that, you know, we weren't as crazy hardcore, but we paid it off pretty quickly. And then I started looking at these savings rates and oh, 50% saving rate. That sounds insane. It is. <laughs> it sounds insane, it sounds insane but it's not. it's not insane. You know, I mean, we're over 50% savings rate. Basically the way I frame it is you, you can't have everything you want, but you can have anything you want. You can pick a few things. So we save over 50% of our income now and the highest line items in our budget after investing is our vacation fund. <laughs> so that's, that, that is our highest line item now. And that's what we value. Yeah, most of our savings rate goes into investing. Um, I'm a firefighter, so I have a 457 that I invest in. She has a 403B at one job, a 401k at another job that we invest into those. And I also, and I don't count this in my savings rate, but, well, other than the portion I put in, but I put 10% into my pension every year. It's yeah. mandatory. So, yeah, that's uh, that's our savings plan. Yeah, that's our savings plan, but he's been investing a little bit more and he would have to tell you all about that because I really let him kind of take charge of it. Like I said, I call it his fun fund. Oh, the taxable investing portion. The taxable portions, investing yeah. portion. But the percentage wise, like everybody thinks it's a number, like for your budget, like I can't tell you a number if I set you up a budget. Like you have bills, yes. But then the rest of it is just based on what you want to spend money on. So people can live on $200 of groceries if they want to eat basic food. That's fine. We are up to about 400 450 a month for three of us. But like the percent of your income that you can save is the same no matter what you make, I think. It's what you're willing to spend it on, what you're willing to cut. And we just downsized our house because even yeah. though we could very easily afford it, like, why are we spending this extra money? Like, I, it's not bringing me anything to have a little bit of a bigger house. Like, let's get rid of it. So we did. Awesome. So yeah, usually the first step is that like savings, like you're cutting expenses, you're getting it down to the bare minimum that you're living a comfortable life with. But so Jimmy, I know with your job, it's kind of just incremental pay steps, right? Yes. Like with a firefighter, you get pay bumps every year based on X, like inflation, whatever it is. Yeah, at a base level, yes. Okay. Uh, there are other ways to increase your income within my job, uh, which I have done. Which are? So yeah, I get my you know normal governmental 3% or whatever raise each year, but there's different certifications, different classes. So I'm a firefighter. I became a paramedic. That's a, a large raise. It was actually a $10,000 raise per year for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. You become a rescue diver, that's a, you know, 50 bucks a paycheck. You get a degree, that's 50 bucks a paycheck. You get your boat operator, that's, you know, all these little things that you just specialize in and they just keep bumping you up on top of your yearly raises. Sweet. That's awesome. I yeah. did not know any of those hacks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I went, uh, we disclose our income, so I'm not too worried about it. I started in the forties when I started six and a half years ago yeah. and with just with these, I don't work overtime because that's not within our value system, or at least I don't work a lot of overtime. I'll make, you know, mid seventies this year after six and a half years. So the, the increase has been much more than 3% a year. Yeah. And I think I started making more a year, but I was working those six day weeks, like sometimes 16 hours a day. And I was a brand new nurse and I had all this money and I had none of it. Like when we met, I had zero dollars like when we first started dating because I just, I don't even know what I spent it on. And I think that's everyone's biggest problem is not knowing what you spend your money on. Like we say our, we cut our expenses, but we didn't really cut our lifestyle by that much. We just were knowledgeable of what we're spending on. So you don't spend on things that like you go to Walgreens, you can spend a hundred bucks in Walgreens. What do you get? <laughs> or Target? What do you come home with? So my income when we started was probably in the sixties still. Mm -hmm. uh, nurses don't start out. We start out probably in the forties as well. But by changing and doing the career hack with doing that travel nurse job and then my PRNs, 
have the ability to make upwards of about 120 if I wanted to. Yeah, if you don't take those five months off. I mean, her career hack is obviously the is pretty crazy. I'm sure there's some other nurses out there. And so her working seven months out of the year in that seasonal job, her hourly rate is double what it was at her last hospital for her full time. More, more than double, yeah. So she'll make more in those seven months than she would at that other job in a full year. So if she just does that for seven months and then the other five months she just works sparingly when she feels like going to work. She has four other nursing jobs that fun jobs. she can pick and choose like, oh, maybe I'll go work this one this week for those five months. And for us, I mean, our why is constantly changing and now it's time with our daughter. You know, we have an 18 month old, so she could spend those five months mostly just at home with our daughter and at home with me the many days I'm home as well. Yes, awesome. Family time. But um, the caveat is that I don't get any benefits like uh, if I have my full-time nursing job. Mm -hmm. So you definitely have to have like a spouse like for insurance for purposes. insurance purposes um you don't get pto you don't get like really sick leave i'm not allowed to take many days off during that seven months that seven months is hardcore but once that seven months is done it's done and i still only work three days a week during that seven months so kind of a good life we really like our life so okay yeah no it, it sounds <laughs> awesome and yeah living life loving us right yes. <laughs> yeah exactly yes, yes. So, Jenny, I kind of want to dive into this because yesterday you casually dropped that you have like five income streams. So I'd love if you could just talk about like how you develop that first one, because it's not exactly easy or intuitive for someone to think I can already leverage the skills that I have to go make like an outsized dollar per hour return doing some other job in a related field. So Right. And it's terrifying. And I actually just wrote a post on fear because we all have it. And it's not that um, we've discovered this crazy thing. It's just that I have gotten out of my comfort zone and just put my ear to the ground and listen. Oh, you need someone over here? Sure, I can do that. So I have three or four PRN jobs in the nursing field. What is that? Because I honestly don't even know. <laughs> PRN is basically like you just work whenever they have an opening. You have the availability to say, yeah, sure, I can work. Or no, I'm on vacation. You're going to have to find someone else. So you keep up and maintain their minimum, which is usually once a month you have to work there, which is fine. I can do that. And they pay you just a flat rate. So I almost see it as if that's what I would do if we already reached fire. Like I go to these jobs because I like seeing these people. Hmm. Um, I, I, the jobs that I'm doing are kind of fun and it's not the stressful ER during season job that I have those other seven months. And if I don't want to work, then I just have to hustle with my um, furniture flipping that I've figured out. <laughs> yeah. so, as far as those nursing jobs go, she has a job in a cardiology stress lab. She has a job in a PEDS ER outside of the seasonal PEDS ER. She has a job in IV therapy, which is starting IVs all day. And then she has her seasonal job. And then on the side of that, on mostly on her five months off, she likes to find furniture in the trash and sand it down and paint it or build her own furniture. She's <laughs> quite the craftsman. So she, she's built like our coffee table. She's built our um, bedroom set, like our which headboard. Has, and, yeah. That alone has saved us so much money. I don't know if you've ever bought real furniture. No. <laughs> There's only certain things I would ever buy again. I mean, I used to think couches were included, but I recently got, it was like a $4,000 couch set that I went to a thrift store. Listen to this. <laughs> the guy had 900 on it and I'm like, it only came with 250. So right now at home, when we downsize, we need smaller couches. I have like $4,000 couches that were sat on a couple times and they were $250. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, and our furniture, just refinishing it and bringing old things kind of back to life and making it your style. Sounds hard is really not like it's, we have a couple little basic things on our blog, like how to do it. And it's 
you sand for a second, you paint, and I mean, that's it. And then you save yourselves thousands of dollars. So those little life hacks, we live the same lifestyle, but I spend a lot less. Awesome. So with all the stuff you guys got going on, Jimmy, you're working, is it 24 hour shifts every two days? It's 24 on, yeah. 48 off? Yeah, absolutely. So with all the stuff you got going on, you're doing five side hustles, you're working like crazy shifts. <laughs> and so what motivated you to start the blog? You know, when we say what we do for work out loud, it sounds like a lot. It sounds like a lot. It's not. But I work 24-hour shifts. I work two days a week. That's 48 hours a week, but mm. I have five full days off a week. So there's plenty of time to work on the blog. For her, she works her normal job three days a week. The flipping furniture is, we make money on it, but it's it's not work. We do it together. Our daughter's out there. Our daughter's learning these things from her. That's just like a project we do together that just happens, happens to make to money. money. And it's the same thing with the blog. We do it together and it just, you know, it, it happens to be a project we can spend time on together. Doesn't so necessarily make us money, but it's fun for us. We like, don't look at it as work or a time kill. It's no. it's just, yeah. And he really enjoyed the, the whole FI community. Like he is such a nerd at heart. <laughs> he loves this stuff. So like our blog itself wasn't necessarily starting for the whole FI, but it's definitely transformed into, I need to disseminate this information to everyone because I work three days a week, but I can also choose not to work. And we go on vacations. We used to go on vacations once a month. And then, you know, you can't go quite as many with the baby. But every other month, we've been on a vacation since she's been born. At least one international. But we can take time off, like at the drop of a hat. If we don't want to be at work, we don't have to be at work. Definitely. So actually, for people who are listening who don't know how old you guys are, I'd love if you could just disclose that. because You'd be so happy to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Well... I am 28, and I'll let Jenny tell you how old she is. I'm 30. I'm a cougar. (laughs) (laughs) Or as Cody would say, I'm an old lady. My life alert. Yeah, I've been getting called a 14-year-old all weekend. So (laughs) it's playful. It's playful love. It's all in fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to highlight that because you guys are doing pretty incredible things at a young age. People think, oh, I have to wait till 60 until I can go on these international trips until I can take five months off. But... You can live that life now as long as you're intentional and live a life by design. Right. And it's not just because we have these careers that anyone can do it. So I have friends who they don't go on vacations. He has friends who they make the same money. They do the same job. They don't do anything with their spare time or they waste their money on uh, going out and drinking and partying. Yeah. I mean, I'm a firefighter. So most of my friends have a $65,000 truck, you know, (laughs) I guess when you get hired, you have to buy a new jacked up truck and a house. It's, you know, that's. What are you driving right now? I am driving a Kia Optima, <laughs> a four-year-old Kia Optima. My wife drives a, a four-year-old Hyundai. Yeah. So they're not crazy old, and um, but we pay cash for them. Now. You know, we don't have any, we have no debt. We don't have any car payments. So yeah. Okay. So something that kind of goes hand in hand in the fi community is like, once you get a hold of your finances, you just start optimizing everywhere. Like I know you guys are both big into fitness. You're big into like relationships. From what I can tell, you guys really do like each other. Like you haven't fought <laughs> once. You're not, not even an argument. And that's not typical, but that is something that is typical in the fi community. So I'd love if you could kind of get into the side benefits of this journey of just taking control of your finances. Cause you guys probably aren't fighting about money very often. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, you know, when you're when you're striving toward a mutual goal that you have together and it, it allows you to dream together and share what you want to do. And if you have like goals, it makes life pretty easy. We don't fight. And another thing comes to fight, if you're spending that much time together, because we have all this time off together, you have to like each other, right? <laughs> you don't you can't choose someone that you marginally, you know, can put up with. You have to choose a life partner that you actually like <laughs> and want to spend time with. And I think the biggest thing is that we 
try to build each other up, like both financially and just everywhere else in life. Like I think it's the biggest thing. Like you can't look at your partner like someone who's working against you or when he brings a new idea, you can't just shoot it down right away. You have to give it a second, entertain it, and then talk through it together. Because we have disagreements, of course. Like when we were downsizing the house, where we're going to live, what we're going to do. But you talk through it instead of arguing. And yeah, the the whole finance portion of it, you have a plan, you have a goal, and it, it translates into fitness. It translates into like your emotions. It translates basically into everything, I think. Yeah. One thing I'd say about relationally is fighting is inevitable. It's it's the way you fight that is important, right? You're not going to not fight with someone you're married to ever. That's That would be crazy. But it's the way you fight that's important. Uh, as far as fitness goes, yeah, with that time, I mean, we every day at 10 o'clock, we go to the gym and we're there till noon. We spend <laughs> two hours a day at the gym. And we take our daughter to the kid care, which is... Uh... And as far as optimizing, yeah, that's another thing we're trying to push ourselves in like every aspect of life, right? So right now we're training for a 14-mile obstacle course race, the uh, Spartan Beast. Yeah. You're just trying to challenge yourself in every aspect of life, you know, relationally, financially, fitness, just everywhere you can, intellectually, just keep trying to challenge yourself. It's, it's that whole, if you keep a body in motion, it stays in motion kind of thing. So yeah. you keep learning. And I mean, in our careers, so that's what gets me all the time is like nurses who just stop learning. Like I'm done. You're never done. Like uh, there's something to learn every day and you can be a nurse for five minutes or 50 years and there's always going to be something to learn. Same thing with firefighting, same thing with, you know, business, same thing with banking, same thing with anything. You always have to be trying to get that next level. Definitely. Yeah. You guys covered a lot of stuff that I'm super passionate about because it's not all about the money. Like people think people hear financial independence and then think it's just a bunch of money and they're sitting around on their spreadsheets, but it's so much more. Correct. So we could choose to retire in five, eight years, no problem, but we don't. We choose to retire, you know, when kind of whenever we want. I don't know if we'll ever truly <laughs> retire, but we work less now. We save at a pace that we're really comfortable with and we have enough money to do the things that we enjoy. So it's not all about making more it's about money. it's about life design right you get to choose if you follow this path the five path you get to choose how you live where you spend your time where you spend your money you know where you travel to you're not you're not held down by the many factors that drag other people down so what do the next five years look like so it looks like you guys are super into travel i know you're very flexible you have five months off jenny jimmy you can basically just leave whenever the hell you want <laughs> so what does that look like and also how is traveling with an almost two-year-old daughter so, travel, once you get wherever you're traveling with it's a baby, crazy. it's phenomenal. <laughs> Getting there is not so much fun for everyone. Uh, we recently, when she turned one right after her first birthday, we went to Norway for three weeks, right? We had a straight through fight of 11 and a half hours. She loved it every minute. Oh, yeah. We didn't make a lot of friends on that flight, right? <laughs> yeah. I try, I chose a red eye thinking, well, she'll sleep through it. Everyone will be okay. And no one slept on the flight because of her. But it was okay. <laughs> but we it got there okay. and we spent three weeks in Norway and Denmark, right? And we had a blast. As far as the next five years, oh, man, here's how I do travel, right? <laughs> Every couple months, I just show up in front of Jenny. I plan vacations a lot. So I'll show up with like three in front of her and I'll just put them down. I'll be like, pick, pick the one you want to do next, right? And she'll say, oh, I want to go on... Oh, cruise here. I want to go, you know, hike here. Um, so I can only tell you what we're doing in the next six months. I mean, <laughs> we hope to go to Camp Phi. 
in January. Right? <laughs> exactly. We have we have a flight booked to Colorado in February. We don't have any plans, but we, we had, don't plans. We have points. We have flight booked. Hey, you guys can come visit me and stay in, for free. Yeah, hey, perfect. <laughs> Frugal living. In, right there. in April, we plan on hiking Havasu Falls and then the to the floor of the Grand Canyon. The cool. baby will not be going on that. <laughs> She's not. Nice. Just for the hike, we got to try that out first without her. But and then I don't know from there, right? We'll pepper some in in between that and pick other ones. But I can't. We don't map it out that far. No. For travel. I mean, that sounds like a pretty good life. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. And then our whole financial plan is, like, continually evolving. Like, I don't think you can have one plan. Just, like, every person's plan is going to be different. Your goals are different than our goals. Even if we have similarities, there's still different goals in the end. So that's the really cool part about the FAC community is you can pick exactly what you want to do. And then adapt it as you go. Like, don't think that just because you have this plan and it's not working out that you failed. You didn't fail. Your plans just changed. So ours are really evolving. And I don't think that our five-year plan, I hope to be doing my seasonal job and really only my seasonal job. But I'm kind of already doing that. So I don't know what five years has in place for us. Yeah, I'm going to work my job as long as I enjoy it. Right now, I love it. I, you know, I go to work with friends basically for 24 hours you know we eat together we live together and i'm gonna do that as long as i physically and uh mentally enjoy it the big thing about him though is the only reason he would think about retiring early is a lot of the other firefighters out there know and and medics especially like when the tones go off in the middle of the night it's actually very detrimental to your health so that's the only thing i think mm. about like you are going yeah we from... have higher rates of cancer and strokes <laughs> and heart attacks and everything like that just so. going from zero to a thousand like a split second over and over yeah. and over so is Christian nice is working 24 hours and being off for two days sounds like it's not like we're not putting in our dues while we're there. While we're at work, it's a hundred percent of our effort. When we're at home, we're at home. And, uh, that's the way we like to live. Definitely. So something you touched on there was just like, do what works for you. Cause like my lifestyle costs a lot different than yours is like, if I needed to, I could live under a bridge and eat food out of a dumpster, but <laughs> you're not going to go give your daughter dumpster scraps <laughs> or tell her to live under a bridge. So I just love if you could kind of get into that more. Like, what are you spending per year? Do you think you could cut it down? Are you just like buying things you value and right. everything like that? So right now, I think we're at, what did we calculate? Yeah, we can live and we could live on less, but we live on about 40000 a year. Mm -hmm. That doesn't count our travel, though. Okay. So it counts some of it, you know. Mm -hmm. We're getting more into travel hacking, but yeah, we probably spend 15,000, 20,000 maybe on a crazy year on travel. So at the bare or not the bare at the ceiling, yeah. we would be living on 60,000 a year. Okay. Right. I mean, that's living a good life. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Living a good life. We could choose if we chose to cut it back, we could for sure cut our expenses back, but we're super comfortable where we're at and it's a good percentage of our income that we're comfortable with. So if we made less, for sure, I would cut things because it's not that you're giving up. It's just that that's where you're at at that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Just a disclaimer for any of the other parents out there. We obviously have the benefit of having a lot of days off. And we also have the benefit of living near my parents. So we have grandparents and we have us off. So our daycare costs are negligible, right? We spend $300 a month in childcare instead of some people spend a thousand. So that certainly helps. Yes, that does help. And that's a little bit of a life hack, but some people don't even have that option. So right. that definitely would come into effect, but there's kind of like uh, loopholes for that too. Cause there's some childcare like through churches and things that are at a much lower rate. Mm -hmm. um, so being flexible, like everything is flexible. 
So I think the biggest thing, though, because our numbers are kind of high to me. Like, yeah, they're higher than a lot of people in the community. Yeah. So a lot of people don't make the money that we make, but it's not necessarily like a budget. Like it's literally it's like you can't live on a diet. You have to have yeah. wait, it's a lifestyle. Like it's not a diet. It's just a way of eating. Like that's how you eat. Right. Because yeah, if you're yeah. on a diet, you're not going to keep it up. Exactly. So that's why our lifestyle is ever changing. This is just what we're comfortable with. Yeah, even our ceiling is sixty thousand dollars a year to live on. That's it's high. That's high, but yeah, but you guys not... are making like one hundred seventy-five combined. <laughs> so that's a pretty yeah. small percentage of. Uh... We're trying to cut that down to one hundred and fifty. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Which is a good problem to have, right? Cutting trying to cut, try, down, try your income. cut your income down, <laughs> save to have more time. To have yeah. more time, yeah. yeah. So something that's pretty common thread in the flat community is like either being from a frugal family or having some like really tough money hardships early on in your career, and so. I mean, you guys didn't just land into $175,000 of income a year. Like, you career hacked. You've been grinding, doing these 24-hour shifts. So I'd love if you could just talk a little bit about your, like, financial upbringing. Uh, Jenny, you can tackle this one first. All right. Um, well, my parents, they owned a marina. When I was little, we had, like, $0. They were true entrepreneurs. They put every dollar back in there. We lived in a boat for a while. We lived in a double wide. Like, everything was nice and clean and well taken care of. But I saw my parents hustling. We didn't have a lot of money. Um, and then as we got older, like the business was more successful. And my mom had this feeling of, well, I wasn't able to give you this when you were little. So mm -hmm. basically and truthfully, everything was handed to us as we grew up. Like my college, I did get full scholarships, but they had a college fund set up for me. They would give me money every month for food. Like I was well taken care of. But then as I got my career and I saw my money and what I'm doing with my money, I kept the same lifestyle. Like if I wanted a car, I'm going to buy a car because I can afford it every month. Or if I wanted a purse and then I met Jimmy and that wasn't what he did. Anymore. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. And then as he opened my eyes to what your money can do and just because you have the money doesn't mean you should spend it. I started to see my parents and if they're listening, I'm really sorry. I still love you, but they were very fortunate in a lot of avenues, whether it was real estate or their business because they worked hard. So they ended up with quite a large sum of money, but then they weren't smart with it. So they now own a cattle farm and that's what my mom loves to do, but she wastes a lot of money, a ton of money, as does my dad shopping online. I don't even know what they do with it. Just so I try to help them because they've actually gone backwards. So they put themselves in a good place and now I'm watching them slide down and their money isn't working for them anymore. And my goal is I don't care what you make. If you make $20,000 or a million dollars, you can make that mean nothing. So those millionaires out there who aren't true millionaires that are spending to keep up with the Joneses, like that's what I'm trying to avoid. And that's what I want to teach my daughter that even if you only have a little bit of money, you make that money work for you and don't end up being your 70s and trying to still hustle. And how about you, Jimmy? I can't. Well, one, first I want to say from her is one thing she learned from her parents was the insane amounts of hard work, right? That's what they did, and that's what she did and still does. I come from a contrasting background, I guess, suppose. My family never talked about money at all. I would say we were solidly middle class, right? My mom was a stay-at-home mom and then secretary, and my dad was also a firefighter. So no one spoke about money, but all I knew was my dad's home, you know, five days a week. We get to see him. My mom was a stay-at-home mom for a long time, so she was home. All I knew was I like this, right? They're home. You get to spend time with your family. We don't hurt for anything. We weren't going on lavish trips or anything. They didn't know anything about financial independence, but we didn't hurt for anything. We got to spend time together. So I knew from a young age, time is what I enjoy, and I carried that. I mean, just starting my 
life as an adult. You know, 18, I had, I would work as little as I could to make enough money to live, right? When I was young, your age, you're a hustler. But when I was 18, 19, I lived on my own and I would work just enough to get by, to eat and to have a roof, right? What else did I need at that age? I didn't yeah. have kids or anything and I had all my time to me, so. Yeah, but you learned, you didn't realize all the people in your family that were fire without even knowing it. So, yeah, I mean, my dad retired at 50 as a firefighter and he hasn't worked since. Right? He, he is fire, right? Yeah. He doesn't know what fire means, <laughs> but he's fire. He was fighting fires. As he was life. fighting fires. <laughs> now he is fire, even though he doesn't know what it is. You know? So how does the pension system work? I know we talked about this yesterday, but just for people listening, it's like a 20 year. You so in... I can tell you what my pension system is anyway. I have a three and a quarter percent multiplier. So yeah. every year you work, you get 3.25% of your salary, right? As your pension. Our full retirement age is 25 years. Okay. Okay. So I started at 21. If I did a full 25 years, I'd be 46 years old. Mm-hmm. At that multiplier, that's like 81%, right? Of your finish of your best five years would be your pension. So I could do a full 25 years. My pension would make me five, right? Or I have the flexibility to, let's say I want to work 15 years. I can put my pension on hold and collect it at the 25 year mark, but only at 15 years of multiplier. So So like 45%, 50%. But if we have all these other avenues of investment, right? Maybe I do that. It's fluid. Like I said, as long as I enjoy it, I'll do it. If my body holds up, I'll do it. (laughs) But the second I stop enjoying it or my body starts hurting, I can just say, no, all right, I'll put my pension on hold and I'll collect it down the road. Yeah. I think that's a really valuable option to have. (laughs) Yeah. And so I know you talked about this earlier, Jenny, but have you thought about like the detriments that firefighting does have to your health? Because I know you're big into lifting. Like we crushed the gym yesterday. We probably scared everybody out of the gym. <laughs> yeah, I think we had a team uniform on in the gym. And we everything. did. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'd love if you could talk about like the fitness and health aspect of it. You know, yeah, the fitness is actually, it's a big part of it, right? We, we are able to work out at work. We have uh, the basics of a gym at work. Yeah. It's part of our, we're supposed to work out one hour a day, but there are a lot of guys that don't stay in shape and they have bad hearts and, and it's not even from not being in shape. I mean, doing what we do puts a number on your heart. And I actually have guys that I work with that have had heart attacks, strokes, seizures, and have come back to work, Jesus. right? Because they have to. I know guys that hit 25 years and continue to work because they have to, right? If one of these things happen to me, I want to be in a position. If I just had a heart attack, right? I don't want to have another one, yeah. right? So I want to be done. And we eat healthy. We obviously work out a lot. Health is a big part of our lives. And I would like to maintain my health as long as possible. Backstory that I have never mentioned to you is that we've actually had a fair deal of uh, health problems ourselves. I mean, I had gallbladder cancer when I was 20 and she's had multiple surgeries. And so health is important to us and we want to live and enjoy our health while we have it. So if I ever have a problem, if I my back breaks or I have a stroke or whatever, I want to be done. I don't want to go back to work. And so what's your plan on the same thread? So I actually have heard you talk about that stuff before, but for health insurance, because I don't know if it, does your pension, like, is that kind of included? Is it not anymore? That used to be back in the day. Yeah. You could retire and also have health insurance. So we have the option. If something like that were to happen where I retire well ahead of schedule. Yeah. Like in five years. Right. She could stop doing contract work and she could work part-time and get benefits. She'd go to a job where she gets benefits and then we have her health insurance. Yeah, that's basically what our plan would be at that time. That's the really cool part about nursing is that um, there's just a ton of flexibility that you don't even have to like 
one portion of nursing. There's so many things, different things that you could do. So if I'm older and we need that, I can do a job that really doesn't take a lot of physical effort to do, like a, like a doctor's office job or something that could still give us those benefits without, you know, really being that detrimental on me. So I go to an office a couple of days a week, like if that means that it saves us thousands upon thousands of dollars a year in health insurance, I'll do it. Yeah, we've yet to explore like the health share options and things like that. It's just, it's not something that we think we'll have to do anytime soon. Yeah. So we've yet to explore those options. Okay. Because it is scary. Like it's you said, terrifying. like yeah. you guys are healthy, you're young and you've, it sounds like you've had quite a few things go wrong. And right. And that was all. They're expensive. It was all <laughs> they are expensive. So like before when all that happened, I think what it did was just give us a better view of life. Like even our jobs, just give us a good view of life. Like we're not totally YOLO, but (laughs) (laughs) we understand that things can happen and that every day, like we really truly do enjoy like every day. Like I look at a tree and I'm like, oh, that's a pretty tree. (laughs) 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 But I don't know if that's our jobs or our personalities. I think that's, that's how you have to live life. Like not necessarily seizing every opportunity, never saying no, but we don't say no if, you know, we like we're going to come to your house in Boston and we're yeah. going to stay with come you. You're right. We don't say no. If the offer's there, we show up. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I am the exact same way. I think that's why we uh, connected so quickly because yeah. uh, I had the same exact philosophy. I want to live the life basically you guys are living because it sucks being like three hours away from my girlfriend and yeah, going I to know. work every day. I know you're <laughs> yeah. there. To Cody's girlfriend out there, he really does. <laughs> I've been talking about her, Lauren, if you're listening, well, she is listening, but <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, you guys are an enviable couple. Uh, what are you guys, only 40 years older than me or something like that? <laughs> Give or take. Give or take. Yeah. Give or take. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when you grow up one day. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. So for people listening that want to get in contact with you, where's the best place that they can hit you up? I think the most receptive I am is um, just email. Like I'm old school. So living life, loving us at gmail.com. Really okay. old school. But we are on Twitter and Facebook and all those places. It's living, L-I-V-N, life, loving, L-V-N, us, because my Twitter handle was stolen first. But Jimmy will definitely get back to you on there. I'm not too good at it. Yeah, and obviously the website, livinglifelovingus.com. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll link to them in the show notes. They don't have to remember what vowels are left out and stuff like that. <laughs> Madam Money Me, say it. <laughs> well, thank you guys again so much for coming on today. This has been a ton of fun for me, and it was yeah. awesome meeting you guys this weekend, and FinCon's been great. So oh, can't yeah. wait to see you at Camp Fi, and can't wait till I move in. Yeah, I'd be the favorite person we met. We had a blast. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, man. Man, Justin, it's just crazy to me how intentional this couple is. I mean... Even just the little ways they were hacking their income, like Jimmy was taking all of these strange and obscure certifications that maybe his buddies weren't doing, but he was incrementally raising his paycheck up, 50 bucks here, 100 bucks there, and he scaled his income from, what was it, $40,000 to over $75,000 in six years? And then Jenny, not to mention all the side hustles and side gigs she picked up, but they intentionally moved to 52 miles outside of the 50-mile radius so she would qualify as a travel nurse where she could make a way higher per hour salary. So that's just two super intentional things that a lot of people might not do that they did, and it's really transforming their path. Yeah, I mean, screw back into work. Let's all move 52 miles away, (laughs) right? (laughs) No, but I mean, you're right. They did all that intentionally, and they didn't just do intentional things to increase their pay. They also did intentional things with their money. And I think it's important to look at the the part where they spent, you know, they go $100,000 in debt for infertility treatments, which, you know, when you're on that road to financial independence, sometimes it's so hard not to just get 
buried in the sand with, I got to save money on every single thing. There's no exceptions, but this is obviously a life changing thing that comes with a lot of happiness, brings them a lot of happiness and they invested in it. And that's, you know, a big part of this financial independence journey. You got to invest in things that make you happy. And you also see that with travel. Sure. They could probably retire earlier. Sure. They could probably scale back a little bit on work, but would the journey be a happy one? You know, and I don't think so. And that's just a huge part that as we're on these journeys and as we're looking to maximize, we just can't leave behind. Totally agree with you there, Justin. I think. Whoa. <laughs> Uh-oh. Is, is this call to action time, Cody? I think you're right, Justin. And this week's call to action is a powerful one. And if you are the one in the couple who is chasing financial independence, you love the spreadsheets, you love the idea of retiring early, but you got that other person who maybe just doesn't quite get it. And I just love this tactic that Jimmy took. He went the spreadsheet route first time around. He went the frugality route. Jenny wasn't having any of it. But then he had her make a list of the 10 things that she valued most. And that helped them both understand what truly made them happy and to create a plan of how to get there. So that's my challenge to you listeners today. Create that list, 10 things that you truly value and make a plan to get there. Yeah, Cody, creating that list that's important to you is a huge call to action. And if you want to get all the details on how they created their list, go visit the show notes at thefyshow.com slash powercouple and join the Facebook community at thefyshow.com slash community. Leave us a voicemail over at thefyshow.com slash voicemail and subscribe to the podcast so that you'll never miss an episode like this bonus one. Thanks for listening. See you on next week's episode of The Fi Show.